At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic, whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Becky Moore of Simply Quaint Homestead to talk about her experience with starting a homestead. Becky lives in northeastern Pennsylvania with her husband and seven children. She loves to garden, preserve her own food, spend time with her family, and she's an aspiring homesteader. She hopes to own a slew of chickens and maybe even a goat. Becky has started her own homestead and created a blog on her experiences to help others who hope to make the journey as well. Her specialty is gardening and home canning and believes they go hand in hand. She says, if you can grow enough of your own food, you're able to home can enough to make it through the winter. Welcome to the show today, Becky. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Glad that you are here. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Yeah, it started a lot when I was younger. My My grandparents had owned a farm and my grandfather had, you know, harvested and I I learned a lot of that off of him. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother had home canned everything, made everything from scratch Mm, and there was hardly ever, ever a trip to the grocery store. Uh So, you know, she lived less than a mile from where my parents lived. So I grew up 
there and in that environment and around my grandfather and around my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I was able to learn, you know, a lot from them. And as I got older, my uncles, you know, had gardens and I learned off of them how to garden. Mm -hmm. And from my husband, my husband has been a big teacher for me, (laughs) you know, and I have learned from him as well. And we just, we've just gone with it. And it's become a way of life and life is very simple now love that so simply quaint homestead that's your that's your farm or homestead correct yes yes so uh, tell us about it and actually before you tell us about it how did you come up and why did you name your farm i named it because we're actually on a very small piece of land Mm -hmm. we we share a lot with my aunt and my uncle, and they owned an acre and a half of land, mm-hmm. and they allotted us about a quarter of an acre. Oh, wow. Now, where we live, our borough does not allow us to have chickens or goats or, or any kind of livestock. Oh, even my rabbits out, Even rabbits outside are considered livestock. Mm-hmm. So we have a small 700-foot square garden that we grow as much as we possibly can to, you know, shoulder our costs from the grocery store. Uh And we've cut quarters and we figured out that if we wanted to own rabbits, well, we could do that inside. Oh, yes. So we raise raise our rabbits inside and, and they're purely, you know, they're pets, but they're also useful because we can use them for in the garden. Oh, yes. Um, but because, because we're such a small area here, it's simple and it's quaint. Mm. It's nice, and and that's that's why I named it simply quaint homestead. Oh, it's, it's it's nice. Can you tell us? The, I, go ahead. I can share what we produce up here with my aunt, and my uncle. Uh huh. And that that makes it even extra nice. Oh yes, absolutely. And, and I'd like you to, if you don't mind sharing. Why did you choose to name your homestead? Like, what was the, what's the uh, thought process behind, oh, I got to name my place? I think the main reason why I did it was so that I could share with others. I could get a website and I could share with others mm-hmm. that you don't need to have acres and acres. You don't need to have cows. You don't need to have goats. You don't even need to have chickens to have a homestead. Mm-hmm. You You can have a homestead even if you live in an apartment in the city. And I wanted people to see that small areas of land, you know, are very accepting of, of being able to homestead. Mm-hmm. So what is your definition of homesteading? Um, I think it's a way of, of thinking. It's your mindset. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how you raise your own food you know you don't need to have a huge garden to raise your own food if you're living in an apartment you're already probably a small family so you can container garden on your balcony Mm, you mm -hmm. don't you you don't need to plow acres of land to have a homestead you can choose a healthier way of life, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that, you know, what you're eating is not full of pesticides and mm-hmm. insecticides and, mm-hmm. and all of that and making everything, you know, homemade, 
you know, from scratch, you can ensure that you're not getting a lot of the toxins that are out there. And I think that that's the definition of a homesteader Mm -hmm. is self-sufficiency, you know, doing things as much as you can for yourself without depending on other people who are being paid to do it for you. Right. Beautifully said. So what made you go from a grocery shopper to a home grower? Part of it was I realized it was cheaper. Oh, yes, it is. You know, with with seven children, you you have to budget. You you know, you can't just go grocery four hundred dollars in the grocery store in a week. Mm -hmm. That that was the beginning of it. Was I was looking for a cheaper way to feed my family without feeding them a lot of junk. It's healthier, you know, because I know what's in my food. Mm -hmm. I know where who processed the food. I know who touched the food. I know where it's coming from. And that's that's the two main reasons why I went from buying all my fruits and vegetables in a grocery store to trying to grow all my own or buy from a farmer's market so I could home can. Mm-hmm. And we it's just a cycle. You know, every year we plant a garden and we go to the farmer's market and we can our food. And... We make sure that we buy our meat from the meat market, the local meat market, not uh-huh. from the grocery store. Right. Because then we're sure we know where the meat's coming from. Yeah. And, you know, we keep everything locally and everything small. And I, I think that that's a big key in homesteading in itself. It And it's really, it's not a thing to do. It seems to me it's more like a way of life, yes? Absolutely. That, that's 100% correct. You know, it's all about you know, your way of thinking and putting one foot in front of the other and doing what's best for you and your family. Yeah. What do you got growing right now that you're going to be canning in the next month or two? Oh, well, I have a ton of tomatoes. Oh, nice. Yes, of course. I I truly didn't think they were going to make it. I really didn't think my garden was going to make it this year. Oh, wow. And I went out went out a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, look at this garden. Mm-hmm. We have, we have, I think it's 11 tomato plants. <laughs> they are just full. They're full of mm-hmm. all these, these tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And my green peppers are already producing. We've oh, already nice. been able, able to pick and, and use some of them. Mm-hmm. Our strawberries are due to good this year. Um, we had a little pest get in there and eat all of them, but two. Aww. Um, but and my cabbages, we moved them back towards the garage a little bit this year, mm-hmm. and I was like, nah, they're never going to make it. They don't look good. And I went out two nights ago, and what do you know? We got cabbages coming through. So nice. we're doing good this year. Nice. Yeah. That's a, you know that's always a bonus when we you know we have a garden growing and and you know maybe a step away, go out of town for a week and come back, and all of a sudden. Ta-da! You know everything's growing, and, and it, it's it's a it's a great sense of accomplishment. Yeah, when you do something like that for yourself and your family, and you start to succeed at it, it's 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 a huge sense of accomplishment. We even have apple trees on the property. Oh, nice! So, yeah, it, it's great. Come the fall, you know, I can a lot of applesauce. I can mm-hmm. apple pie filling, and I don't have to go to a store. I don't have to go to the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. I just send the kids out with bags and buckets, and <laughs> they go out, and they get the apple picker, mm-hmm. and they pick the apples, and I you know, process them up, and 
we end up with a ton of applesauce. Nice. So here in the desert, I, I don't know if you know, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Correct. We have apple trees in the front yard here at the urban farm. And it's July, and all of the apples have been harvested and processed already. So we get our apples. Wow. In, yeah, we get our apples in June. And one wow. of one of the things that I absolutely love to do with apples is make apple chips, where you dehydrate them. Yes. Have you ever tried that? Um, I have not. I do have a dehydrator, and mm-hmm. it sits there, and I keep looking at it. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh, they I are. Haven't... They're wonderful. I James is James is the uh, editor of the Urban Farm podcast, and he's sitting here, vigorously shaking his head. Yes, I love apple chips. They're, <laughs> they're so easy. All I do, all I do is I take the apples and I slice them up, usually in about you know quarter inch slices, and stick them in the dehydrator and just let them go. Wow. And yeah, they they're it's a beautiful way to do apples. Well, maybe I'll try that this yeah. year. Good. Good, good, good. So where would you like to see your homestead in five years? Um, well, I'd like to not be here. Mm-hmm. I would like I would like to go. And um, my husband and I have thrown around Missouri. We've talked about Tennessee and we've talked about Montana. And we would like we would like 20 plus acres. You know, we oh, would, yeah, we'd like we'd like to grow, you know, full fledged homesteading mm-hmm. we'd like chickens. We would like I'd love a cow. You know, it would be oh, so yeah. worth it for us to have a cow. You know, with how much milk my children drink and the amount of cream that cows produce, mm-hmm. you know, we we would really benefit from having a cow. Um, and we've talked about goats. We've talked about goats as well. Uh-huh. But I would like to see us grow. I would like to see, you know, not just one 700-square-foot garden. I would like to see us have 10 700-square-foot gardens. Yeah. You know, it, it would be really nice to see us prosper that way and mm-hmm. be able to move towards that, you know, in the future. Beautiful. So what's your favorite part of homesteading? Um, being able to do it with my family. You know, this is something mm. that oh, um, yes. all of us, yeah, absolutely, you know, all of us get to come together and the kids enjoy it. They get to go out there and, you know, when it's time to get the garden ready for the season, everybody's ready to get out there and get dirty. You know, mm-hmm. none of them, none of them mind getting dirt on their fingernails, Yeah, you know, and, and even as the garden's growing, we still, you know, do it as a family. We water the garden as a family. When it's time to pick anything, we all go out there together you know? mm-hmm. and we get excited. You know, the kids will go outside to play and they'll notice that there's new fruit or new vegetables you know, in the garden, they come running in, you know, mom, you, you got new tomatoes or, you know, your cabbages are starting, you know, mm-hmm. then we have strawberries. Can I have a <laughs> strawberry? You know, and they enjoy it. And then, you know, later when you've, you've home canned that food and you're watching your family eat what you grew together and you made together, yeah. it, it's a really good feeling, you know, to, to see, mm-hmm. you know, the family come together and do it. And, you know, you hope that your children will pick it up, too, when they get older. Yeah. Well, I think it, it leaves, it definitely leaves a lasting impression. I know, Absolutely. I know it did for you, and I know it did for me, so. Yes. So how can others homestead when they have little or no land? Well, the first thing I think they should do is they, they need to decide what they want to do. You know, do they just want to be able to grow fruits and vegetables for the family? 
you know, do they want to go further? Do they want to see if their their city or their borough allows them to have livestock? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have to have a plan of, of what they want to do. And, you know, most places are not against the fact that you garden in containers on your balcony if you live in, in an apartment. If you don't have much land, see, you can container garden out in your driveway. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't mm-hmm. have to... You know, you don't have to have a lot of land to do it. And just, you know, f- figure out what you want to do and take those steps. You know, talk to your family, talk mm-hmm. to your spouse, find out who's willing to pitch in, who's, you know, going to give you a hard time. You know, and you can you can home can your own food. Even if you don't grow it, you can go to a farmer's market. And yeah. that, that's even healthier than buying from the grocery store. Right. You know, and I, that, that's what they can do to be able to do what we're doing. You know, like, like I've mentioned before, we're on a quarter acre mm-hmm. and we're doing good. Yay. So someone interested in learning more about homesteading, where do they go? Well, they can get online and, you know, you can go to my website, simply click homestead and you can learn there. You can learn by going to your website, the Urban Farm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of information online about homesteading. And, you know, even if you don't want the whole package and you just want to grow a garden, Mm -hmm. you know, just put in gardening, you know, and you can put in plant dates, your area. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what zone you're in and what you can plant and what you can't plant. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think for people who have to contain their garden, their options are even a little bit more wide open because they don't have to worry about soil temperature or the pH in the soil. You know, everything's kind of right there. Right. And their options are a little bit more open than, you know, even us, you know, Mm -hmm. who have gardens in the ground. Yeah. And there's so much that they can learn online, you know. I I have learned so much online that Mm -hmm. I didn't know before. You know, especially when it came to canning. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there is a lot of information out there. Cool. So tell us about your blog, simplyquainthomestead.com. Yeah, I I started it a while ago. Um, We uh, updated some things and changed some things around and, and made it a little bit more personal about what we were learning and experiencing rather than it being a how-to, because mm-hmm. not everybody wants to see about a how-to. You uh-huh. know, there's a lot of that out there. A lot of people just want to hear what your experiences are. And we've tried to do that. We've tried to update it, you know, that people can see this is, you know, very achievable. It can be accomplished. Mm-hmm. And we, we try to make it very personal, you know, with our readers. We, we want to have conversations with our readers. We want to help our readers out. And I think that, I think our blog does that. Mm-hmm. I think it, it really it really connects with people who are either learning or just starting. You know, mm-hmm. for, we're, mm-hmm. that, that's, who, that's who we really direct our blog towards, to, is somebody who's just starting out. Because, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of information out there, but it's not personal. Right. And I like to make it, you know, personal and, and, and connect with my readers. Yeah, perfect. So why do you think growing and raising your own food is so important? I think the health factor. 
Mm. you know, is mm-hmm. very, very important. We, I think we should be educated and, and know what is in our food. And I don't think that I can go to the store and buy a can of green beans and be as trustworthy as what's in that can of green beans, mm. as opposed to the green beans that I took <laughs> out of my garden. Yeah. <laughs> I know who has touched my food. Mm-hmm. I know who has prepared my food, and I know what's in that food. Yeah. And that's important. We, should, we shouldn't be blind to that. We, we should be very, very educated upon what, what we're eating and what we're putting in our bodies. Yeah, perfect. So I'm going to shift on you a little bit, and I'd like to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Oh, Canning. Uh, oh, canning, <laughs> when, yes. All right. Yes. I didn't start canning until last year. Oh, wow. I was afraid of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, everything that I have been taught was an older way. So I wasn't sure it was safe, and I didn't really look into it, and it, it seemed complicated to mm-hmm. me. And the first time that I tried, I went gung-ho. And I tried everything out of my canning book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> everything that I could. You know, it, it may have only been three, four jars, mm-hmm. but I tried. And then I got a little rebellious and decided I was going to try things that weren't in my canning book. Uh-oh. And those things turned into a disaster for me. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't. Uh, at least I don't think so. You know, a lot of people do it, but I don't think you can just come up with a recipe mm-hmm. and stick it in a jar. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to work. You know, you 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 have to know what you're doing. And, and I didn't know what I was doing last year. You know, I ended up throwing away a lot of food, which became a big waste. And yeah. I learned from that that... I need to work, you know, it, it, it wasn't really that I failed. I just didn't do it the way it probably should have been done. Yeah. And I learned that, you know, I needed to follow the recipes and stuff and I needed to learn what canning was all about to yeah. get it right. And this year I decided I was going to do strawberry jam mm. and it came like I, I didn't. I didn't want to use pectin, and I was so afraid it was going to end up this big failure, and I was going to end up with strawberry syrup. Uh-huh. And it came out perfect. Wow. It was. I I found the recipe. I found how to make it without pectin, and I did what it said, and it came out great. And that was a big learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to learn. I couldn't just do things on my own. I had right. to go to people who knew what they were talking about. Yeah. You know, I, I recently, yeah, I recently had Jessica Piper from uh, Ball Canning Jars on the show. Oh yes, and they, it was an amazing interview. And the the number one thing she said to do was follow the recipe. Find a recipe mm-hmm. that works and follow the recipe. She said you'll have more failures if you don't, and you'll have virtually a hundred percent success if you do. She is. A hundred percent correct. And it's their book, their ball canning book that I follow. Oh my gosh, it's an amazing book. I don't follow 
anybody else's canned recipes. Mm-hmm. It's only ball. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was uh, show number one hundred and five. And that came wow. out, yeah, that came out on July 19th. So if you're interested in Absolutely. talking canning and listening about canning, that's where that show is at. I will go check that out. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Also, you mentioned pectin. And first of all, you gave me an idea for a future show um, because I had forgotten about Pomona's universal pectin. Do you know about Pomona's pectin? No, I do not. It's, it's a natural-based pectin. And you know all the all the products in it are natural and and it's it's a great product. It's called Pomona's Universal Pectin, and I I saw it interestingly recently enough recently at Whole Foods. Um, oh. So yeah, it's it's widely available out there. I will have um, to look that yeah, up. Ch- check that out. I, just, I don't trust the pectin I buy in the store. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, and I and I know them over at Pomona's. Uh, and oh. I've, I've been working with them for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And I've used their product for 15 wow. or 20 years. So, Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So what do you consider your biggest success? My biggest success? I would say that my children have really embraced what we do. Mm, you know, they're, nice. they're very accepting of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they it, it, it was a switch for them because years ago, this wasn't our lifestyle. Uh-huh. You know, and now it is in the last couple of years. And they they will tell me, Mommy, your gym is better than the store. <laughs> or, oh, my God. You know, what could be better than that, right? I, it, it, exactly. You know, I have to hide my green peppers when I bring them in the house because <laughs> I'll catch my 8-year-old. She'll eat them like they're an apple. Mm-hmm. And I have to hide them because otherwise I don't have them to cook with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So wow. Bobby, and that's a huge success, you know, when you see your family, yeah. you know, wanting your food over going to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. That that's big success. Yeah. When I, you know, and I, I throw this out occasionally. Whenever talking about kids, I have found over and over and over again, if you get them grow, growing it, no matter yeah. what it is, if they grow it, they're going to eat it. And that is true. You know, I grew up with it, and I kind of got away from it for a while. I was a mom. I had a career. I went the easy way. You know, it's it's easier to go to the store to open up a jar of spaghetti sauce and pour it on your spaghetti. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy to do that. And, but I went back to my old ways. You know, I went mm. back to what I was taught, and I, I couldn't be happier. Nice. So what drives you? Again, it's my family, you know, yeah. they they really make me get up every morning and put one foot in front of the other right. and you know, when whenever I'm doing anything, you know, for them and and when I make their meals or, you know, we're about ready to try out a new homemade laundry detergent, you know, mm. and I know that I'm doing the best things for them. That really makes you put one foot in front of the other and yeah. drives me forward to want to do this. Self-sufficiency is a big thing as well, you know, yeah. not depending on other people mm-hmm. to do what I can do for myself. That, that's a huge thing for me. Wow, nice. So you said homemade detergent, did you not? Yeah. Ooh, tell us a little bit about that, would you? I did. I I had gone to, I hope this is okay, I had gone to a website called theprairiehomestead.com. Mm-hmm. And she has so much information on there and, you know, I'm looking for better ways to do things and, you know, healthier ways, cheaper ways. And she she had on there about homemade laundry detergent. Nice. And 
I've always read that the powdered stuff that you make at home is not good for septic systems. So I had oh. never made it before. Right. Well, well, Jill, she had a liquid one on there. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is great. And it's it's really simple. You know, it's a bar of soap. And I bought the, the castile soap. Uh-huh. And it's bar of soap, and it's washing soda and borax and water and um, a little bit of essential oil, you know, whatever oh, you yes, choose yes. That, that you want. Right. And I, I'll have it up on my website once we do it and try it out. <laughs> but uh, that's all it is. You put it in a five-gallon bucket, and you can either scoop it out of the bucket or you can pour it into a detergent bottle that you had from before mm-hmm. or a glass bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, glass would be better than plastic, I think. Yeah. And you just put a quarter cup in. And when it comes down to it, it's like you pay like $4 for a gallon of homemade laundry detergent. It's wow. super cheap. You know, you pay yeah. you pay over $20 I you know. for a big jug at the grocery store. Yeah. When you can make it at home with better products, why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you'll have to report back to us how that went. Absolutely. So I am all about education, and I have to know, what has been the best way for you to learn? For me, it was learning from my grandparents. Oh, you know, they, they went through the Depression era, mm-hmm. and, you know, the times when people just didn't have, you know, a lot of funds to be able to have the things they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, so it became a thing about you did what you needed to do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my grandparents were very family oriented. You know, my, my grandfather died when I was young, but my grandmother, you know, she was really the knit that held the family together. Uh-huh. And she, I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time with her because we lived so close to her. Uh-huh. My mom went down there every day and I spent from eight o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock at night with my grandma. And sitting on the table and watching her can mm-hmm. or make wilted lettuce in the cast iron skillet that I now have. Oh, nice. And, yes. And it was her mother. So it's my great grandmother's cast iron skillet. And oh, wow. You know, just, yeah. Be, being a part of that. And uh-huh. it's, it's great memories, you know, and it has stuck with me. I, I yeah. learned a lot from my grandma. Yeah. Nice, 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 nice. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Just, if this is what you want to do, find out the best, easiest way that it'll work for you and Mm -hmm. get up tomorrow morning, put one foot in front of the other, make a plan and do it because you're not going to, it's not going to just happen. You have to make it happen. And by getting up and and making that list and saying, okay, this is what's important to me and this is what I have to do to make it happen. (laughs) So you know what? We're going to make it happen. And that's that's my best piece of advice is just get up and do it. Just do it. (laughs) No no pun intended. Well, thank you. No pun intended. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Becky. It has been a treat. Absolutely. I have really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? Um, Well, they can go to my website. Again, that's Mm simplyquainthomestead.com. They can also email me at Becca at simplyquainthomestead.com. I'm on Facebook under the same name. Mm -hmm. Um, I have Twitter as well. 
Perfect. Uh, and I'm on and I'm on Pinterest. You know, I'm pretty much spread all over. So oh, nice. You know, I haven't played with Pinterest yet. So. Oh, it's fun. I love it. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing, but I just don't need one more thing right now. So. Yeah, I know. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you. And that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.